CJ Pearson show. Happy, happy Sunday. I hope you guys had a really, really good week. It was a great and busy week for me. As you guys know, I am still in the middle and in the thick of campaign season. Um, so I think, you know, we've talked about it a few times here on the show. So I've been working for Representative Vernon Jones running his campaign and it has been a really, really incredible experience. This is the first campaign I've actually ever ran before. Um, you know, I've been involved in different ones, but this is like really the first campaign I've ever been in the driver's seat on kind of talking about, um, you know, talking about like, you know, helping you decide like, you know, the issues we're going to be talking about and, and, and so much more. And it's been an absolutely really fun experience, like from a very personal level. Um, it's been so enriching. Uh, seriously, like I've learned so much and just have been really just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so cool to see that other fast of politics because I think that, you know, I've been involved, you know, since I was 12 years old. I actually started knocking on doors, making phone calls, doing a lot of behind the scenes work. But ever since then, you know, I've been, you know, doing a podcast. I've been doing commentary, just being always kind of the guy out front. And that is so fun. I love speaking. I love, you know, rallying people behind the calls. I love fighting for the movement. Um, but this is a cool way to just serve the movement in a really kind of, really different experience for me, um, which has given me such an interesting perspective. And also too, I think has really just helped me discover a newfound passion. I want to help America first patriots get elected um, to Washington because guys, we need people. We need more good guys in the room in Washington. We have so many people who go up there who run on one thing, they get corrupted and they don't do a damn thing that they promise to do. They don't balance the budget. They don't repeal Obamacare. They don't fight back against the left. They compromise on gun control, all of these things. They go up there and maybe they become absolute pansies. And you know, my entire point of view and all of this and why I'm so excited to be fortunate enough to work for a guy like Vernon is that I know he's going to go to Washington and is going to absolutely wrangle those folks up and say, Hey, you know, I ran on this and I intend to do this. I intend, you know, to fund Planned Parenthood. I intend, you know, to put America first. I intend to, to protect the Second Amendment. I don't give a damn what CNN is telling me I need to do or what they believe I should do or what the mainstream media is saying needs to be done. I ran on this and I'm going to do this. And we need more politicians like that. Guys, you don't see AOC or Elon Omar, any of these people out here on the streets compromising and giving up their positions, but yet for some odd reason, Republicans believe that it's their responsibility to do so. They come out here and they literally just capitulate to the left, and it's the most depressing and just downright disappointing thing to watch and just bear witness to. It's like, guys, we can do better and we should do so much better, and we have an obligation to do better. Like, look at what's happening in this country today. Joe Biden is not a cognizant person. He has no idea what is actually going on in the world. Like, and I joke about it all the time, but it's, it's getting more and more serious by the day. I don't know if this man actually believes he is president of the United States or knows if he's president of the United States. Uh, you know, there's definitely someone in his ear telling him, hey, Joe, you can say this. Hey, Joe, you can't say this. Hey, Joe, maybe you should say it this way. Because the man has absolutely no idea what the hell he is doing. Uh, and it's no surprise to anyone who pays attention right here. Every time this man goes and does a press conference, I guarantee you his team is probably sweating bullets. They're like, holy shit, the entire administration is about to come, you know, falling down because it genuinely feels as if it is probably because 
this is a guy who every time you, I, I guarantee you the anxiety attacks that happen in the Biden White House have to be like like countless. They probably have lost count. The White House doctor, the White House physician is literally on standby for 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 these anxiety attacks that happen because every time that man opens their mouth, I guarantee you, people are just like, "Whoop, we had a good run. Time to pack it up." Like the amount of money that Big Pharma has made off of Xanax prescriptions because of Biden staffers. Like it should be, uh, like it should be reported. It's newsworthy. I bet you. It, like I can't even imagine the amount of money that Big Pharma has made off of medicating Biden staffers who have to go and work in the Biden White House every single day. And the reason is because everything that's going wrong, uh, that could go wrong, is absolutely going wrong for Joe Biden. It's absolutely incredible, but very much hurtful to watch. Why? Because guys. I'm not one of those guys that roots for a president to fail. You know, I would talk about this often during the Trump administration is that and I would use Barack Obama's own words whenever the left would root for Trump's failure. Barack Obama once said, and I'll give him credit for this. He said, you know, we don't want the president to fail. We want the president to do good because when the president does well, America does well. And so I want Biden to do well, not necessarily achieve all the things he wants to achieve, because a lot of those things are just downright awful and the antithesis of what our country should be and is supposed to be. But I want him to do well in the sense that, you know, we still maintain our stature in the world stage as a force for good, that we still have a good economy where people can find work if they want to work and, you know, wages are high and, and all of these things. I want the American people to thrive. And oftentimes when the president is doing well, the American people are doing well. But for some odd reason, what we're seeing today is that, again, as I just said, everything that could be going wrong is absolutely going wrong. You're seeing gas prices. The average price of gas in America today is now $5. $5. Guys, this was never the case in President Trump's administration. This was never the case uh, You know when he was going against Russia and all these folks. Um, but you know, what's interesting now is that it seems as if Joe Biden almost gets an absolute pass on the issue. Why? Because they deflect and they project. They say, oh, we got to blame Vladimir Putin. And if you blame Trump, you don't get economics or you're rooting for the enemy. No, I'm actually just simply asking for accountability because I guarantee you, and you can take this to the bank that if gas prices were where they were at right now, when president Trump was in office, when President Trump was in office, the mainstream media, the left, every single Democrat in America, they would not stop talking about it. You wouldn't get to play this blame Vladimir Putin BS. You wouldn't get to spin it as some uh, side effect of America taking a stand against the uh, tyranny of Vladimir Putin. No, you would not. They would say that Republicans are waging war on the working class, that we're making it harder for everyday Americans to survive and thrive. All of these things. They would say every single one of these things, and they would go absolutely unchallenged by CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post. But because it is Joe Basement Biden, it's okay. They give him a pass. No one cares. And everyone is just told to look the other way. Look the other way and just go about their business. Why? Because they are playing absolute cover for this man because they know that he does not know what the hell he is doing and he has no solution to the problems that are inflicting America today.
Not a single solution. So they blame and they deflect and they spin and they spin and they spin, but it doesn't change a single thing that America price are five dollars a gallon and inflation is through the roof. Double digit inflation, guys. Just re- double digit inflation. Double digit inflation. But yeah, we're supposed to be just to, to go again and go along with our days as if everything is normal. Everything is just A-OK. Everything is going better than it ever has before. But guys, we, you know, Joe Biden may be smoking, you know, a little something, something every single night before he goes to bed. But I am clear and, and as coherent as a morning day. You know, I, I, it is not. This is not acceptable. What is happening in America today is not acceptable. And it's not one of those issues where it's like, oh, this is just a matter of political disagreement or this is whatever. We are talking about the ability for people to provide for their families. We're talking about the ability for people to go to work. We're talking about the ability for people uh, to simply just exist in America. You know, what's so interesting is that Democrats love to talk about themselves if they are the party of working class Americans, that they are fighting so hard for everyday folks. But what we're seeing here today is it just simply isn't the case because they actually did care about you and I, everyday Americans, working class folks. Then they would actually be talking about solutions to how do we solve inflation? How do we get gas prices back down? Well, I'm literally 19 years old, and I'll tell you, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know the answers to any of those questions. It just takes someone who knows how to read a book, but also someone who has learned lessons from, I don't know, history. Guys, we were on the course of energy independence in America, but Joe Biden, because he allowed these tree huggers to get in his ear and tell him that he needs to do all these things to save the environment and the ecological footprint, all these things. He shut down the Keystone Pipeline, killing, by the way, hundreds of jobs, maybe thousands. And But also, too, in the process of that, not only did he kill those jobs, he hobbled energy independence within America. And so as we sit here and we talk about, you know, why is America – you know, going through all these gas prices. And, 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 I, and I just told you, you know, Democrats, they always say in response to that, well, blame Vladimir Putin, don't blame Biden. Well, why do we, why are we reliant on Vladimir Putin? If he is such a bad guy, the worst of the worst, right? And he is our enemy, our adversary, and all these things that the left, you know, loves to warmonger and talk about when they talk about him. Um, then why are we reliant on our enemies for our day-to-day needs, Like, let that marinate for a bit. If Vladimir Putin is the demagogue, the terrible person, and all these things, most existential threat to America, our freedoms, and our liberties that has ever existed in the face of the world, then why do we allow ourselves to be reliant upon him and his leadership and his country and his oligarchs just for our day-to-day needs as Americans, to fill up our cars, to power our manufacturing, to do all these things Why are we reliant on our enemies just to survive and thrive in the world? Now, they don't have an answer for that. They don't have a single answer for that because they don't know at all where to begin. Because they're too busy talking about how climate change is the most biggest threat to America. Not terrorism, not, you know, any inflation or any of these, you know, these kitchen table issues. They're talking about climate change, the world getting a 
a degree, half a degree hotter. They're talking about that being the most existential threat to the world today. And by the way, when I say getting half a degree hotter, I don't mean tomorrow or next year or in two years. I mean in decades. Yeah. Like this is the crazy Looney Tune movie that we found ourselves in today. Or these people talk about these things and they, and it's so interesting to me. Like whenever, you know, like this is a guilty pleasure of mine. I love watching MSNBC and CNN because there's something amusing to me about watching these people lie with such straight faces, but also I don't know if it's lying as much as they genuinely believe the BS they spout, like genuinely have gaslit themselves believing that this is all Vladimir Putin's fault, that Joe Biden has nothing to do with the issue here. And they also have gaslit themselves in believing that he can't do anything about inflation. He can't do anything about putting, I don't know, baby formula on shelves again, that he can't do any of this because, oh, wait, he's not the most powerful man in the free world. Oh, wait, he actually is. He actually is the most powerful man in the free world. And what's also interesting, and you want to know how we know that he can actually put baby formula on shelves and other goods on shelves and actually stock up our grocery stores? Because he seems to be very good at doing it at every other foreign country than America. Mexico isn't having a baby formula shortage. Why? Because we're sitting our baby formula there. While our kids starve and they can't get food, we're sitting our food there. And guys, I'm all about helping folks. I want Mexican kids to eat. I want every kid in, in, in the world to eat. World hunger is the most saddest thing in the world. But I also believe in the America first agenda. And America first means America first. Period. Simple as that. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. Let's take things, take, take, let's take care of things here at home first. Really? Truly and truly. Let's take care of things here at home first. Because, you know, I, I, growing up, you know, I, my grandma used to talk about this. She said, you know, you can't help people if you can't help yourself. If you're not doing good, if you're not in a position to go out, you know, and, and provide for yourselves, pay your rent, put food in your refrigerator, food in your pantry, buy, buy clothes for your kids, who are you going to help? Who are you going to help? What good does it do the people that you were trying to help if you were living on the streets on the sidewalk? Right? Like it's one of those common sense things that remind you that common sense just isn't common anymore these days because it's clear as day to anyone with a little bit of common sense that maybe just maybe we should be talking about our own issues here at home before we start sending $40 billion to any country for any reason. Can I get an amen, right? Like seriously, can I get an amen? Because it's one of those things where it, it, I, I read the headline and I'm just like, this can't be real. Like, it can't be real because it's like, what person would go along with this? What person thinks that this is a good idea? But you have all these people who go to Washington, they go to the swamp, they get lost there, and they have no idea what they're doing, and they're so distant from the everyday struggles of the American people that they just put these far-fetched ideas out here. They're absolutely disconnected from the things that you and I talk about every single day. Absolutely disconnected. But, you know, what's interesting to me is, you know, I mentioned I love to go see, you know, you know, these folks go on, you know, MSNBC and CNN and talk about how they believe in the president, all of these things. But what we're starting to see is that there are a lot of people who actually are being a lot more open about the fact that they don't actually believe in Joe Biden. They don't trust Joe Biden. 
You know, today, actually on CNN, I saw that uh, AOC went on there and she was asked point blank by CNN correspondent Dana Bash whether or not she would be endorsing Joe Biden for re-election in 2024. And she was like, I don't, she said, you know, we're across that road when we'll get there. You know, I don't know. It's too early. Just every, the most noncommittal answer that you could actually imagine, that is what AOC gave today. And Dana, to her credit, followed up and said, that doesn't sound like, yes, it doesn't sound like you're saying that you're going to be endorsing President Biden. He said, you know, and then AOC replied, you know, we'll see what he does, all these things, just still very noncommittal. He is losing the backing of his own party because even they are starting to open their eyes and say, like, this shit is bad. Like, this is not good. This is not okay. And if we don't rein this in, we're going to find ourselves far too, way too far up the creek. And there's not going to be any way to turn back. Guys, like, it, it, it's gotten to the point where, like, seriously, Joe, when you lose AOC, who do you have? Who do you have? When you have a 30, a low 30% approval rating, by the way, this isn't high 30s or anything like that. When you have an approval rating like what Joe Biden is working with today, there are a lot of people who are starting to say, like, uh, I don't know what's going on here, you know? We have, you know, uh, this is on Bongino report uh, from Dan Bongino. You have Texas Democrats like Jasmine Crockett, who is a candidate running for a House seat uh, in a deep blue Dallas district. And she said that she was disappointed that the Biden administration congressional Democrats had not been able to actually successfully advance their agenda. And that's the exact reason why Democrats are just dissatisfied. Guys, they're not even good at doing what they want to do. Like, literally, they are – it's just – it, 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 it's, it's insane to watch. And what's also just even more insane to the point I was making earlier today or earlier in this episode here is that let this have been Trump. Let this have been Trump. You would be every single day. It would be, you would not be able to escape it. The media would be on his, you know, on his back every single day talking about how he's responsible for this, responsible for that, how we didn't do that, how we didn't do this. And he would have to answer those questions. And he would be, and, and for good reason. When people are forced to pay $75 or whatever else to fill up their tank, that is a problem. When people are forced to figure out how they are going, uh, you know, to feed their baby because they can't get, uh, baby formula, that is a problem. A problem, a real problem that requires real answers. But for some odd reason, the Democrats here get a pass. They get a pass because, well, we all know why they get a pass, because the media works for them. They like, you know, they like to pretend they're independent and all these things. All we know, we know good and well, good and well, that they are nothing more than an arm of the DNC. And they prove it to us every single day, every single day they prove it to us. They're all working from the same sheet of music, the same agenda, and it just isn't absolutely – it's just not surprising at all. It's unfortunate, but it's not surprising at all. But to move on to other news, today – this is – and this kind of goes back to what I opened the show about. You know, The problem is not just the Democrats, and, and that's the first thing that you really got to come to come to terms with when you're talking about these issues that are plaguing the country today. The problem is not just the Democrats, but it's also the rhino Republicans that are working hand in hand with them to sell out our country and the America first agenda as well, because they are just as culpable. 
just as guilty and just as dead wrong and all the things that they're doing as Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, whatever else. And honestly, it's a lot more hurtful and a lot more vile that they're doing what they're doing. Why? Because at least the Democrats stab you in the front. It's the rhinos that stab you in the back. They act like they're your friend. They smile on your face. They tell you they're with them. They go an R behind their name. But just know, just know in your heart of hearts, they are not with you. And if you need an example of that, look no further than the breaking news today out of Washington. A, 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 a compromise bill. So there has been some negotiations going on with um, Republican members of the Senate and Republican and Democrat members of the Senate to advance some new gun control measures uh, in response to the shooting uh, in Uvalde. And what we're seeing is that we're seeing senators like John Corrin, Lindsey Graham. Um, I believe there's also Richard Burr and a few other people. Um, Susan Collins, of course, you know, the usual, uh, crowd, the usual suspects, um, who are just always, you know, always ready to sell the Republican party. They almost do so with excitement these days. Um, they are committing to working with Democrats to advance these new restrictions on guns in America. Um, you know, here's the deal. You know, when was the last time, you know, Democrats came to the table and said, you know, we're going to work with Republicans to secure the border? When was the last time Democrats ever came to the table on any of our legislative priorities? Like, absolutely ever. Like, I, in, in, in memory, I cannot think of a single thing. Criminal justice reform, maybe. Um, you know, they, you know, they worked with President Trump on that and, and passed the First Step Act. Um, but beyond that, in terms of anything that's really the hallmark of our party, when have they ever compromised on abortion? Not saying, you know, obviously they would never support um, banning abortion, uh, you know, like we do. But at the very least, like saying, OK, you know, maybe we can't get there, but we agree with you guys that taxpayers shouldn't be on the hook for funding people's abortions. They've never compromised on the issue of abortion remotely, and they show no inclination to ever do so. Uh, and on other issues that we care about, regulatory issues, the economy, all these other things, or maybe even just basic morality issues like ensuring that children aren't subjected to drag shows, and that's not taxpayer-funded as well. Or maybe another base morality issue that children are not able to change their sex when they're toddlers because they wake up one morning and they say, Mommy, I feel like a girl today. These are the issues that the Democrats... Very easy to say, okay, that that's a little weird, and it's also very much wrong. They have never shown a single bit of enthusiasm or interest in ever compromising on any of those things. But yet, when there's a new story in the news, when there's a story in the news that they believe they can manipulate the emotions of the American people, Republicans bend over backwards to give them what they've been wanting and what they've been fighting for for as long as I can remember, as long as I've been involved in politics and as long as probably every person in this show um, can remember as well, we just give them what they want. We give them what they want because, unfortunately, we don't have enough fighters in our party. We don't have enough people who are willing to go to the mat for our agenda, our values, our principles, and say, no, guys, Let's And also, let's not pretend as if we don't have the power to do so in the Senate, guys. We have – it is split right down the middle. There's a 50-50 power split uh, in the Senate today, Kamala Harris being the tie-breaking vote. But there's also a 60-vote requirement um, to avoid a filibuster. If they can't get 60 votes, you can filibuster 
You can delay all you want, all of these plans. They can't do a single thing, truly and truthfully, without Republican buy-in. It's exactly why so much of Biden's of, of his plans have been absolutely stalled. He can't do a single thing because he can never find a way to secure these 60 votes. Even members of his own party don't go along with it. Joe Manchin refuses to go along with it. Kristen Sinema refuses to go along with it. He is literally, his own party is saying, Joe, we're not with you because they believe that this man and rightfully so, is not good for America. And they are not wrong to believe that. But I say all that to say, you don't see Democrats going out of their way to fight for us, to fight for our values, or to compromise on things we care about. But yet you have the Lindsey Grahams and all those folks in the world who are just so eager to give the Democrats what they want. And what that includes, by the way, is um, red flag laws, which is especially troubling to me, especially in a post-COVID era, because we saw how anti-freedom and how totalitarian these people are able to get. When they get a little power, oh, they will take over your life if they can. And they will. Guys, I am not okay with any red flag law, red flag law, and will never be. Why? Because to too many people on the left, to too many Democrats today, simply being Republican is a red flag. Voting for Donald Trump is a red flag. Believing in America first is a red flag. Even believing you should own a damn gun is a red flag in their eyes because, well, why do you need a gun if you need the police? Maybe because you bozos want to defund them. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I need a gun. Maybe because all of you people want to defund the police. Maybe that is why I need a gun. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's either... It's, it's okay. Well, you don't need a gun because we have the police. Well, you want to defund the police. Well, yeah, true, but you know, they're not defunded yet. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's, let me take a preventative measure here. Go ahead and arm up. Uh, so that when it comes down to it, I'm not playing catch up because the last thing you want to do is play catch up when someone's breaking down your door, trying to rob you and do you and your family harm. The last thing you want to do is play catch up just for the record there. But to pivot back to what I was saying. To pivot back, it is these people will use these laws to target people that they disagree with. They will use these laws to take away your freedoms if they feel so fit at any given time. And if that doesn't scare you or trouble you, then I don't know what will. I don't know what does because I've got to say these people have shown us who they are. And I use this, I use this quote a lot. When people show you who they are, believe them the first time. They have shown us in COVID who they are. They have shown us with all this January 6th investigation stuff who they are. They are willing to demonize half of the country Republicans um, just because. And that should absolutely worry you, scare, scare you. And why would you willingly give more power to this regime? Why would you do it? There is no reason to. There is no evidence that this administration having more power is, is in a net, any net positive for you at all. If anything, it's going to be harder for you. So why do it? Why do it? And that's the question you should ask all 10 of those senators. I'm actually going to find a list of these 10 senators, because they, they deserve to be named. 
Every single one of them deserve to be named and all of you should call them and ask them, why are they bending over backwards to help the Democrats? So you have Roy Blunt of Missouri, who's retiring. Richard Byrd, North Carolina, who's retiring. Rob Portman of Ohio, who is also retiring. Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, retiring. John Coyne of Texas, not retiring. Tom Tillis of North Carolina. Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. Susan Collins of Maine. Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. And Mitt Romney of Utah. What this list is also very interesting for a few reasons is that, guys, a lot of these people, these Republicans who are caving, are retiring. So it just goes to show these people have never really been all that conservative, but to get votes and win re-election, they played the role they played pretend. And that is actually disgusting. I just like politics as usual, and I know that's, what we, that's just what we should come to expect, but I think just because we expect it doesn't mean that we should accept it. Um, and that's absolutely reprehensible. But beyond that, let's talk about Mitt Romney. We already know that this guy is just absolutely the worst. So can't say I'm surprised. Lindsey Graham, part of the course. Um, right? Like, you know, it's just one of those things where it, I, I – mm. guys, if we don't fight for ourselves, how do we win? How do we win? Cause I just don't know. Well guys, thank you so much for coming in uh, and, and joining us today on the CJ Pearson show. We'll be back here next week with an interview. I'm so excited for it. Uh, Mini AOC will be joining us next week and we're going to be talking about her battle against censorship. Guys are trying to literally silence a little girl from posting about her conservative beliefs. We'll talk to her about all of that and how she is fighting back against big tech and the censorship of the left. We'll talk to her parents as well and about their experience dealing with this uh, and, and just truly, truly a story that many of you have probably dealt with personally and yourselves. You know, I think we've all done our own personal bouts in Facebook jail, but it just goes to show that the left is doing everything they can to silence everyone on the right, even if you can't even vote. And we'll talk to her next week. Super excited about that. I'll see you guys right here on Call In, but also every other platform that you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else, right here next week. And I'll see you soon. This is the CJ Pearson Show.